Lord, I thank you that you are the potter and that you're a good potter. Lord, that you um, you take the broken bits and pieces of us and you make it into a vessel that we couldn't even fathom. And Lord, and if that weren't beautiful enough, then you put your very own spirit inside. And so Lord, as we um, as we come to your word, would you hold us in your hands and mold us and shape us? Lord, and would you help us to surrender even those pieces to you that we don't know what to do with yet? Lord, would you build something beautiful in us? Amen. You may be seated. So as we've um, noted a couple times already this morning, we are on a journey um, to learn about identity. Identity is kind of a buzzword these days. People want to talk about personality studies and types and understand who we truly are. Um, But the Lord is the one who called us to learn about our identity, and the Lord is the one who tells us who we are in him. And so um, this week we're going to learn more about what it means that inherent within our identity, we are never alone and we are never abandoned. You were never made to be alone and you were never made to be cast off. Um, and so in order to do that, we are going to go back um, to visit the children of Israel wandering around in that wilderness. And we're hanging out in Deuteronomy chapter 31 this morning. And I'll be reading verses 1 to 8. So we find the children of Israel at the end of their 40 years in the wilderness, and they're about to enter into the land the Lord their God had promised them. We're on page 321. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now a hundred and twenty years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and to Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not 
be afraid and do not be discouraged. This is the word of the Lord. So this this series has required um, some vulnerability out of me as I've embodied that which the Lord is sharing. And so this morning I want to start with a little bit of a confession. I am very much a helicopter dog mom. <laughs> I'm very much a pet person. I love I love animals. I love dogs. Um, does anybody else commiserate? Okay, thank you. Um, so many of you may know that Brendan and I recently adopted an 82-pound German Shepherd. His name's Riley. He sits about this high, and he's got one flappy ear. I was going to share a picture, but he'd probably be too distracting. Um, but Riley's really great, and I think one of my favorite things about Riley is that he actually likes to be as close to me as humanly possible all the time. Like if I'm cooking dinner, he sits at the rug under my feet where I'm standing, And if I want to go out on the deck and sit and work on my sermon like I did this morning, he literally comes and licks my hands while I'm trying to type. And when I go to get ready in the morning, he's not allowed in the bathroom, and so he scoots his butt as far up into the door as he can and waits for me to come back out. His dog needs to be as close to me as possible almost constantly. Now, I'm no stranger to this because growing up, we always had pets. And as a little girl, a black cocker spaniel named Midnight, who I called Midge for short, laid at the foot of my bed every night. And when my family moved from Michigan and to Minnesota and then to Iowa, that dog was with me the whole way. And when I struggled to make friends at my school, Midge was there. And later on in my life, when I merged into high school and boys started to break my heart and I had to start making those big adult decisions, there was a tiny little Pomeranian named Kirby who was always there. When I lived alone in the Middle East, this sassy calico cat named Vivian, she wasn't as nice as the dogs, but she was always there. And now, whenever I've had a rough day, whenever people haven't responded to me the way I would like them to, whenever things aren't going the way I want them to, there is a great big slobbery dog right here. The thing about a pet is that when you have one, you don't ever have to be alone. Now, even if you're not a pet person, I know there are some of you here, I think that we as humans are inherently afraid of being alone. It's why most of us typically don't go to dinner or to the movies by ourselves. It's why we whip out our cell phones the minute our friend leaves the room or even when they're still in the room. It's why we've got to have the radio or a podcast on in the car and why the TV's got to be on at home. It's why some of us can't seem to sit still and we plan our weeks one event after the other. And you know what the best thing about pets and cell phones and music and TV and social events are? They don't leave us. They don't abandon us. They don't reject us. They don't misunderstand us. Our pets are always happy to see us. We can always find something on our cell phone to bring us joy. The music we listen to won't reject us and somehow refuse to play. And if we go from one event to the next one, we don't ever have to feel the silence. Or the emptiness. 
We're never alone. We don't know how to be abandoned. Some of us do alone better than others. and But even if we say that we're okay with being on our own, we've all developed some sort of coping mechanism for what it looks like when we're by ourselves. And on some level, every single one of us fears being alone, abandoned, and cast off. It's so inherent to our human nature that it's something that the children of Israel most certainly felt in the text for this morning. For the last 40 plus years, these people have wandered in the wilderness, just wandered around. And for 40 years, their leader Moses has literally been their personal pipeline to God. It was Moses who sent God to confront Pharaoh to rescue them from Egypt. It was Moses who spread his staff over the Red Sea when it split. It was Moses who pleaded to God for that manna, and it was Moses who prayed in that quail. Moses made the choices. Moses said when they were picking up and leaving, and Moses said when they were sitting down. Moses, Moses, Moses. And now, after 40 years... And they're finally walking into the promised land. And guess who's not coming with them? Moses. If Moses was leaving them, did that mean God was leaving them too? And if God didn't leave them, and if, but if Moses wasn't there to tell them what God was saying, how would they have any idea what to do? It had been 40 years and God still hadn't brought them into that promised land. Their prayers remained unanswered. And what if God had simply chosen to abandon them? To walk away. Like Moses was. And even if they did make it into Canaan, into that promised land, all they knew was wilderness. It's the biggest transition of their whole lives since they walked out of Egypt. What if God wouldn't be with them like he was in the wilderness? What if things were different in this new season? Canaan was full of other tribes and other nations. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who came back and said, we can take this land. Everybody else was terrified. How were they going to conquer enemies without Moses? What if God wasn't going to be on their side? What if they were on their own? The God who promised a land flowing with milk and honey didn't leave them alone, though. But he had yet to make his promises a reality. But the person that they most depended on was out, alone, abandoned, deserted, and afraid. As I was preparing for this message, I looked up the words alone and abandoned. They're words we use all the time. But Google actually had some pretty interesting things to say. So alone was defined as having no one else present. Do you know that the gift of presence, it's a gift for someone to give their presence. To be present is to give someone your full attention and your energy and your focus. And so to be alone is to not have the energy the attention and the focus of another person. Alone is what we feel when it seems like no one truly sees us or hears us or listens to us. No one has time to pour into us or to be present to hear us. 
Alone is what we feel when our friends' phone screens feel more important than the stories that we're telling. It's what we feel when we've spent days surrounded by children with scrapes and sticky fingers and spit up and tears, and no one's been present to ask us about our hurts, about our desires, about our thoughts. Alone is what we feel when we're stepping into new seasons, when we're walking into what feels like uncharted territory, a space that no one else has been. New jobs, they're lonely. New callings, new places, new relationships, and new seasons are lonely places. Alone is what we feel when we're marching into battle against our enemies. That difficult confrontation with a loved one, a healing prayer appointment that we don't know what's going to be brought up in, a diagnosis that stands in front of us. Now, abandoned is a little deeper word than alone. It's defined as being cast off or deserted or forsaken. Those are really intense words. But abandoned is what we feel when it seems like everyone else is moving forward. They're getting married. They're having the kids. They're getting the job. They're stepping into leadership. They're growing in their gifts. They're being recognized. They're being noticed. And we feel forgotten. Left behind. Abandoned is what we feel when we've been fighting a battle. An addiction, a lie, a fear, a thought pattern. And no matter how hard we pray and how hard we try, we just can't seem to get past it. Alone. Abandoned. Cast off. Very real feelings. They're really painful feelings and they're really heavy feelings. Despite the very real gravity of Israel's fear of being left alone out in that wilderness, being abandoned by God with their promises unfulfilled, God is about to change their reality. The Lord, your God himself, will cross over that river and into the promised land ahead of you, says Moses. He will destroy those nations before you and he will take possession of their land. I'm about to answer my promise to you, says the Lord. Moses isn't coming with you, but we're going in. And I'm going before you and I'm going to conquer your enemies and I will Fulfill my promise to you. It sounds amazing, but you can still almost hear their wonderings. These are grumbling people. Who's going to take Moses' place? Who's our person? Who's going to lead us and who's going to get us in there? So Moses summons Joshua, his young apprentice, and he says, In front of the entire nation, Joshua, be strong and be courageous because you are going to go with this people into the promised land. You must divide it and give it to them as their inheritance. But the Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. You're worried about your leader, says the Lord, and I've raised up Joshua. He's going to lead you. 
I'll never leave you without a leader. I will never forsake you. And to Joshua, this poor man taking up this monumental responsibility of leading these people into this promised land, God says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you, and I'm going in front of you. To the people of Israel, you're worried about this transition, this new place, this uncharted territory. Be courageous. I'm making a way for you, and I'm not going to throw you into the deep end without me. You're afraid of those nations in there, the battles that you're going to have to fight? Don't worry. I'm going to do all the heavy lifting. Four times in eight short verses, the Lord asserts his goodness to Moses and to Joshua and to his people. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I go before you and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You know what? He doesn't. This is the promise that the Lord God kept when he toppled Jericho with a trumpet blast. It's the promise he kept when every time an enemy came knocking on Israel's doors, the Lord raised up a judge to conquer the enemy. It's the promise he kept when Naomi and Ruth are destitute widows and when Esther is sitting alone in the king's chambers wondering how she's supposed to save her people. Never alone. Never forsaken. It's the promise the Lord kept when a shepherd boy named David somehow landed on a throne. It's the promise the Lord kept when a man named Daniel spent the night in a den with lions. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It's the promise that the Lord kept when a cupbearer named Nehemiah brought the exiled Israelites back into a promised land that had been taken from them. And it's the promise he kept to every prophet who had to go tell a king to turn back to the Lord. I go before you. It's the promise that the Lord God kept when he sent his only son Jesus to be born on this earth, to heal the sick, to deliver the oppressed, to proclaim the gospel, to die on a cross for our salvation. And when he was about to raise into heaven after being resurrected, he said, to the very end of the age, I am with you. I am with you always to the very end of the age. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. When no one cares to be present, I'll never leave you. When the person who's always been there isn't there, or if we've never even had that person, I will never forsake you. When we're stepping into uncharted territory, new seasons, new callings, new places, new responsibilities, the Lord himself goes before you. And when we're facing that diagnosis, when he's inviting us to take a deeper look into our past, into our pains, into our sin, looking at our wounds, all those really hard things, I am with you. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. In all things, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. This is the same God who declared that when the waters rise, they will not overtake you. 
And when the fires get hot, they won't consume you because he is with us. And it's the same God who promised us that just as Jesus Christ is seated in the heavenlies, that we are seated with him too. So as I was preparing for this sermon, I was reminded of a story that Jackie shared with me last week. And she had a picture from the Lord about what this means. The Lord sunk it deeper into her spirit, what it means to never be alone. And so I just want to invite Jackie to come up and to share this gift that the Lord has given her. So, yeah, last Sunday, um, I had this vision that I was seated next to Christ on the throne. And he had his arm around me. I was sitting on his left side, and he had his arm around me. And he just kept, like, gripping my arm and just pulling in me in tighter. Or he would rub my arm or my shoulder, and he just, um, I, I was sensing that he was speaking. I will, I will never leave you. Like, this position that is permanent, this cannot change. Like, this won't change. This is your position. Like, this is your place. And... Um, I just felt very secure and um, safe, and I felt like this settling happening in me, like, this is my place. And, like, I, I was actually believing the words that he was saying um, just because I, of, like, his arm around me and was just, like, so tight. Like, like he's like, I cannot let you, like, I can't let you go. And so then um, this... <laughs> This vision kind of just continued on, and he started revealing more and more things, but it was like this starting place of everything that kind of followed on. And, like, as I walked through the day, I still kept seeing myself sitting next to him. And every once in a while, he, you know, I'd, like, I turned my attention to him, and he'd say, I'm still here. And, and I'd hear... This isn't, it's still not changing. Like I, <laughs> and, um, and so then it's just been this permanent picture in my mind since then. And there's just so much less fear and anxiety that has come from it of knowing that there's no distance between us and that there's nothing that I can do to create that distance. Like, like, cause he's, he promises. He's promised that he's near and that he can't leave us. And so it was just like this picture, I guess, that I needed to see in my spirit to really believe that um, because he's told me that over and over and over again my whole life. And, um, but he's, yeah, I just sensed he really drilled it in this last week (laughs) of what that looks like. So. So we praise the Lord for new revelation that we're not alone in anything. We're never alone. There's a final tidbit to this scripture that I don't think we should miss. So it's interesting that in this transfer of leadership and this charge to not be afraid, the Lord includes this random little bit about Sion and Og. Who are these people and why does this matter? Why is this in here? See, memory is important to the Lord. The Lord has given Jackie a memory that no matter where she goes from here on, she can remember this vision and remember that the Lord was with her on that day, and he always will be. 
So the Lord reminded his people of these kings of Ammon that he had defeated mightily in the wilderness for them. Remember that I defeated your enemies because I'm going to do it again. Remember that I was with you in the day of trouble because I will be there again. Remember, says the Lord, how I have carried you through every wilderness because this is exactly how I'm going to carry you into the promised land. And so this morning, if you're resonating with this feeling of being alone or even just fear of being alone, fear of being abandoned, I want to invite us all to receive this invitation from the Lord. Remember. Remember the people that I've raised up to walk with you in seasons of hardship. Remember how I've carried you through every transition of your life. Remember the enemies that I've defeated for you. Remember how far you've come. Remember that I've never left you, that I've never forsaken you, and invite me to walk with you into whatever season the Lord has next. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that from the beginning of time you made us to dwell in your presence. Lord, I thank you that you've numbered all of our days and you've seen every season and that you promised to go before us and to walk with us. And so, Lord, as we... Um, As we prepare to go through the week, would you continue to remind us of your faithfulness, the ways that you've walked with us? And Lord, would you use those things to stir faith in us? Would you stir faith in us to trust your goodness and your presence all the days of our lives? Lord, would you help us to be those who do not fear and to be those who do step out in courage? Amen.